Hello, everybody. Well, welcome. Welcome. Episode 268. 268. I'm crawling up in your ears right now. Oh, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> it's no, it's 100% yeah. creepy. Yeah. It's not kind of. You're being you're being you're being kind. That's a really creepy way to say I'm crawling up in your ears. Yeah. yeah. Star Trek 2. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. nice reference. Oh, Admiral Kirk. <laughs> Admiral Kirk. Um that's right. It's a con reference right out of the gate, yeah. guys. Who wants Done. a taste of that? <laughs> we got a lot of movies to talk about we do. today. It's which is surprising, considering. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Everly. We're going to be talking about The Water Diviner, Hot Pursuit. Um, oh, some great movies on DVD. Uh, wait till we get to those. And really, uh, Mordecai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some actual uh, great movies coming out this week. Yes. With an, an odd release schedule. We'll talk about that as well. Such an odd release schedule. Um, first, off, I want to give uh, shout outs to some people who came to see me uh, in wonderful Lake Havasu. Nice. Um, doing a couple of bar gigs out in Havasu. That was great. I'd never been there. I went to college in was Tucson. It the same bar, or was it multiple? Was it a, a string of bar gigs? <laughs> it, was a, it was a comedy pub crawl. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it was just this one guy, uh, Jared Pennington, who has this pub called Pennington's, and he's like, hey, do you want to come out and do a Wednesday night? And then that sold out, so we did Wednesday and Thursday. Oh, very cool. And the crazy thing was, like I said, I went to college in Arizona. I'd never been to Havasu, mm-hmm. um, mainly because it was just had this you know, MTV spring break thing about it that they say doesn't happen as much anymore. Everyone in that town owns a boat and they drive them around all day. That's all they do is you see boats just in parking lots everywhere. Uh, But yeah, it was a lot. Everywhere except in the lake. Except the lake. No one's in the lake because of the Piranha movie. Yeah. so yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was it was it was a cool gig. So thanks to everybody that came out. And then of course uh I went to go see uh recurring uh film nerds podfest guest Joey McIntyre and his little group, the new kids on the block. I saw them at the forum. <laughs> wow. They went through my head. Like, isn't that new kids on the block? And then I looked at you and I'm like, no, it couldn't <laughs> that can't be him. No. Yeah, Please tell me it's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, he's been a guest on this show twice. Really? Uh, but before that, you were a fan, let's be clear. Well, yeah, the, the, yeah I've always been a New Kids fan. I'm a blockhead from back in the day. Um, yeah, when I was in college and yeah. those teenage boys became popular and loved them. Um, so, yeah, that was, a, that was a blast. So it's so funny because... Uh, Kristen, you don't know. Well, let's introduce our guest real quick. Kristen yes. Carney, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm really a big fan of our guest um, for the main reason that she showed up. <laughs> wow, we have been yeah, having wow. some the, the standards yeah. are high around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of guests well, uh, kind of been month or so, at the last minute. We've yeah. been a lot. We've been on a, a hot cancel streak. Yeah. Well, we were more we were more surprised when you showed up. Really, that's yeah. the way it's been going. Well, you know, you know, things aren't going well for me if I show up to a podcast. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like I've got nothing else going yeah. on, and you're worried about being late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was two minutes late, and I'm like, oh no, oh, they're never no. gonna have me back. <laughs> that's how bad it is for me right now. <laughs> so I guess we've had a lot of uh, guests that have a lot more going on yeah. than wanting to exactly. be exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good do, for them. Do this. Yeah. I wish I could cancel this. Yeah, well, on my podcast, if people don't show up, I'm like, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of on their side. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, real quick, I want to tell you that. So, because I know you were like, wait, how do you know the new kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Joey through like some friends, didn't know who he was. 
And uh, genuinely, you were like not faking. That no, you not didn't faking. Know who he I was. literally had no idea. Yeah. And we, you know, we came buddies, just started talking and how you doing, run into each other. And and then he was telling me, yeah, I'm just sort of busy. I'm, you know, putting this this whole tour together thing because I knew he was. A, he told me he was a musician. He was like, oh, I'm doing a gig at, at the Palm in Vegas. I was like, oh, I played there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm thinking, oh, he's, just, he's a he's lounge on, act. Yeah, he's yeah. on my level. Right. He's, he's, totally he's, doing well, he's below your level now, yeah. to be honest with you. But. <laughs> So he uh, and then he was he was like telling me this, and I thought he had said it's it's a lot of work. It would be a, as though the Backstreet Boys and the New Kids were putting a tour together. That's what I thought he said. And I was like, oh yeah, totally. It's, I can see how you're busy. And then as I was speaking, he he it dawned on him. Oh, Graham has no idea. And he goes, wait, no, Graham, I'm in the New Kids on the Block. And I go, what? And he goes, what's the matter? Don't you know your boy bands? And I was like, it's been a while since I've been a teenage girl, Joey. And yeah, then, it's weird. How do you throw that in there when you were in the New Kids on the Block? You know, it's not like, can you pass me the salt? I was in the New Kids on the Block. It would be, and the fact, and it's a testament to kind of, he's just, he is this sort of regular guy. Like I never, it, he doesn't carry that around. He's not like, Dressing all glam. I out. hope not. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It'd be better if he was. Be- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for all of us. Like, remember one time we were He's still dressed like the lead singer from Loverboy. Yeah. <laughs> like He's got a bandana. <laughs> God, I'm gonna start dressing like that. I think that's how I'm gonna carry myself and just assume people know I used to be in a boy band that never existed. So it's so weird. Like. He's been on our podcast twice, you know, at, at the Podfest in this little hotel in front of like 150, 200 people. And then, you know, you're every time I see him, I'm like, there's, hey. there's a guy like, and I'm at the concert with a friend and he's doing his solo and 20,000 people are screaming. And I just lean over and go, he cooked me pancakes at his house on Christmas Day. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like seeing Dean Haglin at Comic-Con. Yes. Yeah. It's like everyone's freaking out. And you're just like, well, that's just that's Dean. Just the guy that's who was the in guy the garage. He, like, he made a painting for us. And I was like, yeah, exactly. And I'm watching this. I'm like, you know, two days ago, I was at a bar gig in like half a second. And then, oh, that's right. You're a giant star. I forget <laughs> that's sometimes. Right, right. My yeah. friend is a giant star, and I do bar gigs. I've had that happen to me with like actresses where I don't know. Like, I had actually someone on our podcast recently, and I didn't know. It was, they showed up kind of randomly, and so I wasn't like prepped. On who it was, and I I got her name wrong, and I was like, oh, it's this lady, and she's you know, I mean, she's not that big of a deal, but she's in True Detective this right. season, and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, you know, I thought I was up up here, and she was like, no, 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 sister, <laughs> I'm up here. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was. I would gotta say, it, it's their shows are a blast. I mean, they're like these big hydraulic stage and they've got it's a like full, one big hot flash it is it's, it's insane they got a full band um and uh the hydraulic stage is because they can't move on their own anymore yeah it just like throws them <laughs> like we gotta make the stages move but no man the stage is huge and they're running back and forth and i always said this to him like every time i see him i go dude I stand and tell jokes for 45 50 minutes and i'm exhausted and you guys are running around like yeah. for two hours, they did a two-hour show. So if you guys haven't got tickets, go go hashtag, out. hashtag NKOTB. Yeah, work um, it, work Boy it, Ben, work it. Um, did he throw in like the old kid, on, old kids on the block anymore? Like, is that something that they're like play well, they just, around with? Well, they do some of their classics. They, they don't. They they're having a blast. And they do classics. They're, they're classic stuff. I mean, they got to do step by step. He just please yeah. don't go, girl. Yeah, because no. you can't really change the title twenty years later. Yeah, yeah. but I like, feel like they should joke around with it. 
They, at this they, point. They, they have a great sense of humor okay, about themselves. Yeah. They're not like it's like Sonic Youth. Yeah. Right, 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 right. They right. they get it. Like when he's doing his his new his please don't go girl solo, right? And everyone's going crazy. And he takes a break. He goes, you know, guys, I've been doing this song for twenty seven <laughs> years, twenty seven fucking years, and everyone's laughing. And then he goes back into maybe I'll do it another ten more, and everyone screams <laughs> another fifteen, and everyone's like, like everyone kind of loves it like there's a lot of yeah. people there for the nostalgia they're having fun with it they came out in the middle of the the show they're in tuxedos and they have a full band and they're playing like standards and mm-hmm. ah, that was really cool and then tlc opened up for them oh my oh, god nice. total blast from the past you know what i mean yeah. and they did a nice uh tribute at the end to, for lisa left eye and then nelly and i was like nelly more like now lisa no eyes yeah, exactly. <laughs> you said not like morning radio but i'm going for it oh yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> Um, yeah, and then uh, and Nelly was on the show, and I was like, "What is what Nelly songs?" Turns out he's it's all I didn't realize he's got every song you've heard in a nightclub the last ten years. Is it getting hot oh. in here? Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah. "Oh, okay." So it's a fun. It was a blast. Yeah. I had a blast. So yeah. big shout out to to Joey for that. So now, so you haven't been going to nightclubs every night for t- the last ten years. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. I don't. It's weird a guy, that you would have heard all those I, yeah. songs. <laughs> goes to bed early so we can do yoga in the morning is not nightclubbing. So so Kristen, tell us about uh, your podcast, and then we'll get into the films. Um. So my podcast is called. Ask Women, and I think the name is a little bit misleading because I'm a man. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's a little bit misleading because it's an advice dating show, but it's really funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's like a good place for guys who struggle with chicks to come get legit information while it not being eh, overdone or preachy or pickup artisty because right. I'm not... I'm a comic. I'm not involved in that world at all. Uh, but my co-host, she's a dating expert, and uh-huh. I and I do do uh, air quotes, and she she will see me do that. Um, <laughs> she doesn't care um, because it's, it's like when you say life coach. Yeah, it's kind of like she is self taught. It's total life coach stuff. So, um, but she's really successful. She makes a great living at it, and she has a huge following. So we get a decent listenership, and uh, yeah, it's entertaining. And you guys should come on it. Nice. Not that I'm in. Not that I'm insinuating you need help with the ladies. Well, Chris is married. <laughs> yeah, not, I'm off the market for a very long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we do every show. We have a different guy on the show, and they give male advice because we don't want it to be like this estrogen fest. Oh, like a, mm. what women could do to help? Do you have a fair amount of female listeners? Um, we have mostly. Okay, so it's mostly male listeners. Okay. Yeah, like I would say ninety percent of our audience is male, ah. and they're listening for advice from women on women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the guy we usually have in the studio so that he can give a more realistic viewpoint if we're getting too womanly. You know, we don't want it to turn into this fest of like, do the dishes and blah, blah, you know. So (laughs) we always have a a guy on to just... Do the dishes. (laughs) You know. But technically, you want them to do the dishes. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the whole moral of the podcast. (laughs) the driving (laughs) Do the goddamn dishes, please. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, But you can find it on Sideshow Network and then on iTunes, of course, and all that. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's start talking about the movies. I want to talk about Everly. Now, All right, buddy. This go was into it. Uh, this was the Salma Hayek movie. This was an interesting movie. This was Joe Lynch's film, and Joe Lynch did a movie a couple years ago called um, uh, "The Knights of Bad Astem mm-hmm. that got pretty much butchered by the studio, taken away from. And again, a small studio, not a huge one. Basically, he got asylumed. Is uh, right. is what happened. Right. And uh, now with this movie, he was able to kind of make the movie he wanted. And basically, uh, it, it's pretty much. 
Salma Hayek running around in skimpy clothes, but never really leaving her apartment uh, <laughs> as she is... I can relate a, to this. Yeah, yes. <laughs> as a, assailed by basically members of the Japanese mafia, which... Of course. You do yes. every day. Still yeah. very relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Konnichiwa. <Yeah. laughs> Super racist. So she's... Um, yeah, she's, uh, you know, basically a sex slave that uh, turns on, on them and then they come after her. So uh, she inexplicably has a cache of guns underneath the floorboards. Again, relatable. Starts, we yeah, all, as we all and do. And she starts cleaning house. Now, this was an okay movie. It was I wouldn't even put it like a B movie. This is more of like a C plus kind of movie. And it was the kind of movie that... You know exactly what you're getting into when you when you. It's just start. a reverse raid. Where she- it's pretty much a reverse raid. Yeah, where it, it is an apartment complex, but she never leaves her actual apartment. Uh, they all kind of come in after her, uh, so she's in the complex. But then she's got like a mother and a daughter, and then they kind of come visit her when the whole thing is happening. <laughs> so there's some there's some interesting. Mom, I've got dinner and, ready, yeah, and these yeah. Japanese guys are going to kill us. So they're, honey, they're, go grab mommy's yeah. guns. <laughs> so th- there's like some fun, interesting twists because you know Joe Lynch. She has a sense of humor about mm-hmm. the film. Um, one of the things, it's kind of a mix of like Tarantino and a couple other like action slash horror directors. I think at this point, Joe Lynch, he's still fairly new where he hasn't quite found his specific voice in the genre, but you can see a lot of really like raw talent there. Mm-hmm. Like you're very engaged. There are certain scenes where they're, they're very um, compelling as far as like kind of like that B movie, uh, almost like the the way the screen movies were they were like they're trying to make an a quality b movie this is like b quality c movie kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, so it's a, the movie's aware of what it's aware, very much so right. very much so but it, it it the tone shifts a little bit too much much sometimes. like the new kids yes much like the new kids <laughs> where it's kind of like satirical and over the top violence then there's also kind of some scenes that are a little more disturbing and like you know kind of torture centric where you're like well we don't i don't know if we had to go there we were kind of having fun yeah with an over-the-top kind of raid type movie uh how now, come how come these directors or writers don't commit to the style they want to go all over the place you know what that's a good question i think it's more along the lines of um they're not sure and sometimes the tone becomes more evident in the editing room when they've already shot everything. Right. So I think sometimes what happens is they have all this footage that is maybe one tone and all this footage is maybe slightly off that tone, but the way it's edited. I, I think another another sure. answer to that question is a great question is like, I, I think too often directors might get caught up in a, this scene will be cool. Exactly. If- yeah. And, and yeah. they just like, let's just do this scene. And they don't really see how is, how, how is that going to affect the overall tone of the movie. And how it fits into the big picture of yeah. the film. It's just crazy that no one really says, whoa, 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 this doesn't fit with everything else. Because I see so many movies like that. Yeah. They're trying to be everything. And genre movies especially. like, And when you straddle that line of like kind of satire, violence, comedy, it's tough to do. And like one of the great examples of an, a completely correct even tone all the way through was Guardians of the Galaxy. You mm-hmm. have science yeah. fiction, humor, and action all together, but the tone is never off. It's consistent all the way through. Right. And that has nothing to do with budget. That has to do with, you know, but the, also, the vision of the film. In, all, in all fairness, Guardians of the Galaxy had, when a, a comic book movie went done correctly, sticks with the comic. It's already yes. been laid out yes. in the comic mm-hmm. where this is just sort of... So so this movie is definitely worth your view. It's not perfect. It's definitely got some uneven tone to it. Um, but I... I I want to see Joe Lynch's next movie like that. Okay. Like, like, you know, there's a lot of raw talent there uh, and there's some great funny scenes like, like really Tarantino-esque, but 
I want to see him develop his own voice, his own style, and give me a 100% pure Joe Lynch movie when he decides what that is. And so, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Which, and, and, and honestly, that's not a slam. No, it isn't. Not it's at just all. like anyone developing. It's like if you right. see a young comic who's been doing it two, three years, I go, oh man, I can't wait to see them five years from now. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. like, and that's what this felt like. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so Kristen, you um, did the Lord's work. The unthinkable. And you went and saw Hot Pursuit <laughs> yes. for this podcast. I did. Which, which also Again, I don't have a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Any opportunity to see Hot Pursuit, I was like, I'll take it. Yeah. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Those billboards have been annoying me for a long time. They, they, when I, the first billboard was like, yeah. this, this is, is weird. It's this a, is going to be worse than Paul Blart. It's the yeah, Mordecai yeah. billboard all over again. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've been driving around seeing this this odd combination of Reese Witherspoon and uh, uh, Sofia Vergara. Um, and every time I've seen it, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's just they don't fit together. I can see them in real life hating each other, which I've heard they do, <laughs> which <laughs> is so satisfying. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I went into the theater completely expect yeah already like (laughs) i go everywhere angry by the way (laughs) this coffee i got today i was angry um so i definitely had absolutely zero expectations and i i hate to be on a podcast that talks about films and the quality of you know filmmakers and say this it wasn't that bad. Oh my what? Wow. Yeah, and I I know there's probably people listening that are cringing. Um, but I, I the movie was committed to what it was, and I think that to me, and that's why I asked that question. That to me is so important in films. If you're gonna be, and I always say this, like I like people who are who they are and don't try to change. Sure. And so, for example, I love Snooki from Jersey Shore. Why? I, she's a total idiot. You know, in real life, I would never be friends with her, but she is who she is, and she's not, she doesn't care. She, you know, it's, she's this Jersey girl who's a complete bozo, and she's owning it. And cashed in on it. And cashed in on it. It's like, good for her. She's not trying to be more artsy now that she's famous. So she's not, you know, like, whatever. (laughs) She didn't open an art studio? She she didn't, no. She's not donating to children in Africa. You know, she's still this idiot Mm -hmm. from New Jersey. So I like that. And so what I liked about Hot Pursuit was that it was what it was. It was dumb and idiotic, but they like committed to that. They owned it. They owned it. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that. They didn't like try to jam in some heartfelt like. uh. Well, they did for like one brief moment. (laughs) But what I liked, (laughs) I was crying. No, no, I'm kidding. Oh my God. But in that moment, it, what I liked about that moment was that the uh, Sofia Vergara was lying about her heartfelt feelings. So you thought she was having a moment, but she was actually being an asshole. Oh, and she okay. was lying about like her, you know, so this brother. was on screen or what you heard about on screen. <laughs> on screen. Yeah, yeah. No, I was reading tons of tons of info before I went. I was like, I need the onset gossip. Um so um the other thing is with something like this is that it's like Critics, I mean, it's got 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I usually, if I go into a movie and it's got 6% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, I will agree and absolutely hate it. I mean, that's so low. But the audience was like, I think, 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. But um, what the problem is, I think, with these movies is 
you have to rate them on a different basis. You, It's basically like critics go in and they're judging all movies in the exact same way where I feel like that's like judging McDonald's when you're when you're looking for food from Wolfgang Puck. Yeah, or you know, star restaurant. Yeah, yeah, so I almost feel like you have to go in with a completely different set of rules for movies like this. You know they're shit. You know they don't have any artistic integrity. Mm-hmm. They're empty. You know, they're... they're <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, it's so horrible, but I liked it. It's pathetic. I hear what you're saying. You know what yeah. I mean? No, I get your point. Because like, it's, we talked about on the show how much we loved... The Fast, the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, you did because mm-hmm. they're exactly. You're not, and you shouldn't judge that movie like Godfather, right? Like exactly. <laughs> what What's the character arc of Rock? Yeah, of the Rock. Yeah. No, now, character what arc you, is right. What do you? It was stupid. What do you exactly. think the pitch was for Hot Pursuit? Two uh, two hot chicks uh, running from the law. It's like in my mind, I was thinking. Um, they're like Thelma and Louise for 2015, you know, and that's pathetic because Thel- Thelma and Louise was amazing, and it was came not, nowhere near no, being a this Thelma is and a Louise. Comedy. It's a comedy. Did it have moments that made you actually? Well, laugh? yeah. So that's what I liked about it was that it was actually f- funny in in a stupid, stupid way. Wow. So if you can throw your pretentiousness out the window and go in and just be willing to actually kind of laugh, uh, then you won't hate it. I legitimately thought it had funny moments, and I, um, I don't know how detailed to get, but um, just don't spoil it. Yeah, like Jim Gaffigan's in it, and oh, his cameo right. is pretty, pretty cute. You know, it's and again, stupid as stupid as stupid can be. Not smart, funny, but stupid, funny, and I, I did laugh, and I again, I went in there thinking like I was totally stone faced. How many other people were in the theater with you? Um, probably I would say ten. Yeah. I mean, expected, you know, I had great seats, if yeah. that's what you're asking. Yeah. <laughs> My feet were out yeah. on the seat in front of me. But people were laughing in the theater. Well, that's surprising. Yeah. That is a surprising review. Because okay. we all, so I think, yeah, we were definitely in agreement. We All of us, just the billboard went, made us all go, exactly. oh, good. Yeah, yeah. And the trailer and uh, yeah. the early critic reviews were hilarious. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. So I'm sure I'm gonna. This I is mean, gonna... you guys might see it and go, "Oh my god, it's it sucks. It's total shit." But it made me laugh. And and you know, I I have a pretty. I can't say I have a high laugh standard, and then say I laughed at Hot Pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> but movies, I'm pretty judgmental on sure. comedy um, because doing stand up, I also get kind of bitter or like, "Oh, I want to be involved in it," and so I kind of go in with like my nose in the air in a way, mm-hmm. and um, and it takes me a lot like i don't laugh at sitcoms for the most part unless mm-hmm. it's seinfeld or frazier or something like that right. um so i do go in pretty judgmental um and i enjoyed it i don't know maybe someone like shot me up with laughing gas before i went in it's like <laughs> i don't know really why i did but i did all right that was a surprising review all right from I'm, uh Kristen. i actually will when i see that on a plane in five months <laughs> i will actually go all right i'm gonna yeah. give it a shot you're not gonna hope the plane crashes just into your house if you're wrong. <laughs> yeah <laughs> apartment yeah. apartment right. i'm not that successful that's as right. i mentioned that's right so you had a house you wouldn't be on the show <laughs> right. i pursued if you see it on a plane now you'll have to trust but verify the review. <laughs> Um, okay, I saw The Water Diviner, and I must say, I had the exact opposite. Saw experience. the exact opposite experience. Mm-hmm. Um, saw the trailer, and I think we talked about yeah, this trailer yeah. on the show, and we're like, man, it looks cool. It's Russell Crowe, 
um, looking for his sons after World War One. Mm-hmm. It's about this awful battle in Gallipoli in Turkey that many, uh, you know, the Australians lost just tens of thousands of people at that one battle. Um, and, you know, that's how the movie starts. And I'm like, wow, this is a really intense thing. And, you know, he's like, I'm going to go find these kids. And the first half of the movie, maybe even first two acts are pretty solid. And when he gets there, there's these really amazing commentaries on on war in the sense that, like, um, one of the Australian soldiers, they're now, it's five years after, so they're now working with the Turks to, to find, exhume the bodies and, and put names to them and all this stuff like that. And one of the Australian soldiers is like, you know, mad at this because they're dealing with the Turkish military. And there's one guy is like he his his nickname was the assassin or the butcher or something like that. So they're like we because he probably killed a bunch of Australians, right? Of course. <laughs> and then there's this one scene and 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 um, you know, Russell Crowe's mad about that um, because maybe this guy killed one of his kids and uh, this other officer. Um, let me bring up his name, the water diviner. Um, the other officer is played by uh, Jai Courtney. Um, so he's uh, he's an Australian actor, and he's been in a bunch of stuff. So he plays. He makes a great point. He goes, you know, the Turks, you know, didn't take prisoners; they killed guys. We did too. He goes, honestly, I don't know if any of us can be forgiven for what happened here. And it's like, oh wow, mm-hmm. there's stuff like that. There's a scene where he's talking to a British commander he's like trying to get access to this area and the british commander goes in every this is the first war where we're like trying to find soldiers and their names and give them proper berries you know what every battle prior to this waterloo and he lists off all these historic battles he goes we dug a hole put all the soldiers and the donkeys and the horses and threw some lime on it so i'm sorry I you do know, that to avocado. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, exactly. Like, that's what James was just like, wow. And it was like really relevant, you know. And then, ah, then, then they get into this love story nonsense. But now the, the premise is, though, that he goes to find the bodies of his kids and finds that one of them's still alive. One of oh. them is potentially still alive. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole, oh, my God, I got to find this kid. Yeah. So. It sounds like a deeper taken or something. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it, with a, a, with a really serious historic. I mean, he's he's you know, this is a big part of not just the world's history, but a big part of Australia's history. So, yeah. On board with the premise. On so board with wh- the premise. Where did it go wrong? So the the thing you just described, <laughs> does it seem like it needs a love story? Mm, no. no. Again, it didn't commit. Right. Just be what you are. It was mm-hmm. exactly. Right. Commit to the history. It's they say it's based on actual events. Mm-hmm. So just fucking stick to that. Right. Like, what right. do you need? And and so he meets uh, Olga Kirilenko uh, in in Turkey, which their first, he's staying at- a James Bond villain? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, she was in a Bond film, right? So um, at this hotel, and when he first meets her, she's like, oh, you're English? He's like, no, I'm Australian. And there's immediate hostility. So I'm like, well, this is really cool- Let's see on a on a personal level how people were going to work through this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. your side was we were each trying to kill each other, right? And so it got very personal. It got very personal, but then it get, it get muddled into like honestly, yeah. I felt like I was like watching 
a Hollywood move, like Hollywood bought the rights to this Australian story and then put a bunch of nonsense in there. I'm like, mm. well, Russell Crowe, you directed this thing. You own the rights to it. What happened? Why, why, you why, why did you do this? And then, you know, and then when he's looking for the sun, which should be this amazing thing, it turns into this sort of ridiculous Indiana Jones, you know what I mean? Like, Was this his like directorial debut? Is that you just, was this his first? Uh, let's, let's see. Because I always, whenever I, think I it hear- is his directorial. Debut. Whenever they say debut, yeah, you're right. actor's directorial debut, mm-hmm. I know it's in my mind. I have zero desire to see it. It you're just right. seems like it's going to end up being confused. And well, number one, they're always vanity projects. Yes, and yeah. number two, it's that transition that not every actor can make. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, well, you're a dentist. You know, oh, well, you, can you operate on my heart? You're both doctors, right? Right. Yeah. right. What's, what's the difference? Right, and it's given to them because everything at this point in their careers is just given to them. So it doesn't matter if they're good at it. I think so that's it always what just I, sets up that, for that. That's what I. My first instinct, if you were when I just heard, oh, he's directing this, I was like, oh, great. Yeah. When I saw the trailer, I went, oh, maybe, maybe actually, he. There are a handful of actors off. that yeah. can yes. pull this off. Like Ben Affleck did do pretty well with Argo. Fantastic. Of course, oh my god! I mean, Gone Girl. Uh, he directed Gone Girl. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Gone Baby Gone. Oh, okay. And The Town. Right. I mean, that was like wow. Yeah. Like very we, surprising. Yeah. Three really. Mm-hmm. Saw, and the Argo was obviously. So I was thinking, okay, maybe he did that. And then it, the first half of the movie was good, and and then it it, it just put in all these things it didn't need to have, and mm-hmm. I just don't know. Now, how was it a long movie too? Like, could this have been cut out? No. Yeah, it wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. I mean, with trailers, it was less than two hours. I mean, maybe there it was like filler. Yeah, I wonder it sounds if they like had to, it sounded like maybe padding. Yeah, because it's not interesting. Uh, World War One. Yeah, it's not enough. Yeah, not, <laughs> yeah. not a lot happened. Yeah, not a lot happened. <laughs> I mean, just and then with this woman, you know, this is a woman living in a Muslim country in 1920. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way. Like, there's like, show me that. Show me. Like, I was thinking, there's that. There's that in. Um, this is a crazy example, but in Good Morning Vietnam, right? He meets the Vietnamese girl, and he says, "Look, I know there's no way." They go on the date to the movie. The whole family. He doesn't. Nothing happens. But it was really part of that to me was used to show how different the cultures were. Yeah, and that's what's interesting because you don't know what it was like to be a woman in 1920 in Turkey, right? right? And so show you that. Yeah. You yes. want to experience things that we can't experience let's on a daily basis. It. And let's yeah. see how yeah. there's no way this is going to... Let's see. And they do a little bit of it, like, you know, she's promised to another guy and all that right. stuff. Like, okay, wow, let's let's yeah. let's see what that was like, you know? And, and Anybody they, get a phone thrown at them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure behind the scenes, yeah, at least. Yes, the yeah. scenes. That should be an Easter egg in every Russell Crowe movie. Oh, my Somebody God. Somebody gets a phone If he was them. cool, he would do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. If he had a good sense of humor, oh, my God, that'd <laughs> that be amazing. Be awesome. But, yeah, it just... It One just, movie, it's out a window. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's in the background. Yeah, like, exactly. you don't have to make it it's a like, main point. It's next Wednesday. Right? It's, always, it's always in something. It's always... What's there. that reference? That is... Uh, what's the filmmaker who does See You Next Wednesday? The, oh, I was I was thinking... When you said oh, that, I was thinking... Um, oh, I just blanked out his name. I made the reference and then blanked out his name. <laughs> uh, um, I was thinking Alfred Hitchcock, who is it like... It would well, be the a MacGuffin. Phone. Yeah. The MacGuffin. Be no, a see you next Wednesday. Oh, God, why am I blanking on that? Well, right. Pull it up. Oh, shit. Son of a bitch. But, yeah, I was thinking like it's a phone version of Alfred Hitchcock in every one of his own movies. Yeah. See you next Tuesday. See you next Wednesday. That's the sequel. Is uh, <laughs> it's funny because John Landis. That's John right, John Landis. Okay. He puts that in all his movies. John okay. Landis. Okay. Like in American Werewolf in London, there's a See You Next Wednesday as a poster, and mm-hmm. it's it's in everything. Speaking of See You Next Wednesday or Tuesday, my sketch group, which 
we haven't really made anything in a while. It's called See You Next Tuesday. So, um, yeah, check that out. <laughs> nice anyway, fun. thank nice you. A very and smooth. Then, and then throw a phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the water diviner was just, it. by the end of it, I was like, I was like, man. Yeah. Like, you had me. I was in. I was right, like, right. there's there's flashbacks to the to the war footage, which is intense mm-hmm. and done really well, and showing him in the outback, and then all of that stuff was done really well. And it just like it got off the rails, man. Oh, that's a it's, shame. it's a bummer. It could have been a lot better. Well, I watched the preview to um, D, the D train or D train, mm-hmm. um, and that happened in the preview for me, um, where the first thirty seconds of the trailer mm-hmm. was like, oh, I kind of like this. I like guys that are down on their luck. And <laughs> that's why I'm here with you guys. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, um, you showed up. So yeah. Is that we get most of our guests? Yeah. Some sort of handout charity. Sure. Note to self, don't go to podcasts and insult the hosts. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, we'll take a pity guest. I'm the pity guest. Rather have you look down on us than not show up. <laughs> I'm the pity guest. Um, but yeah, but that happened in the, tra- in the trailer where I was like totally hooked for the first 30 seconds. And then all of a sudden it got like... Um, just really weird and confusing. And it was like, you didn't need to throw all that in. I was interested in the premise in the beginning. And so I chose not to go see the D train or D train. I don't know if the is in the mm-hmm. title. Um, oh, I chose hot pursuit over that because that trailer was just like, it just went, took a left-hand turn. Well, that makes sense. Like I, I, I agree. Like I'd almost rather just go see something that's silly and dumb and knows what it is versus kind of setting me up, like getting tricked. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's really what you know what you're I, getting into. Yes, it's different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so you you like uh, character studies. You like character so. studies, mm-hmm. and you said you've got a new screenplay that you wrote. Yes. And so, tell us about that, and then tell us about like what types of movies you really like in terms of the character study. Um, well, uh, the screenplay I wrote um, is called Autumn's Friend, um, and it's basically it's kind of like a it's an auto autobiography type thing uh, for me because it's basically someone with about someone with inferiority complexes um, and her struggle trying to get over those. Um, Wait, you're a comedian that has an inferiority complex? Can you believe I, I, it? I can't even. <laughs> but you know what upsets That's me is crazy. I meet so many comics that seem like they don't have an inferiority complex where they're super confident, and I'm like, well, isn't what that is a, wrong with isn't you? Isn't that a red flag that they actually are? Yes, yes, that's a very good point. I'm not (laughs) perceptive enough. I just, I just believe everybody. I'm like, you must be so cool because you seem it. Like I don't. Um, So, so it's hard to describe the plot. You know, obviously, I had to have some plot in there to make it Mm -hmm. somewhat interesting to read. Um, So basically, it's a struggling uh, writer journalist girl who um, meets this friend, this woman or this girl named Autumn. She's a peer in the industry and who's doing incredibly well and has everything going for her. And it turns out to be kind of a, um, like a cat and mouse kind of game where Autumn um, is really a bad person and uses um, Casey, my character Mm -hmm. um, to then to continue to get higher in her own world, but then it comes crashing down on Autumn. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose that outcome because that would be very ha- happy to me in real life for that to happen <laughs> to people. Um, and uh, within it, it's a it's a it's like a dramedy. Um, I wouldn't say more. I wouldn't say like dark comedy. I don't think it goes dark enough at all to really be considered totally totally dark. But um, there's a lot of moments of curb your enthusiasm type scenarios all where right. she's kind of 
in these moments that makes her look like the bad guy, but she's she's really trying to do the right thing. Um, so she's constantly being perceived the wrong way um, when it's Autumn who should be perceived in that way. So the tables kind of turn toward the end. Um, but it's it's pretty funny. I think it could use another comedy pass, mm-hmm. a joke pass. Um, but I think it's it's kind of a long... I didn't love this movie, so, which is a great reason to write a script that's similar to it, but um, <laughs> Young mm-hmm. Adult by Diablo Cody. Okay. Um, not totally the same, but kind of the same. It's like a 30-year-old struggling, and she's... Um, you know, kind of is perceived as a loser um, because of her own demons. Um, so it's it's somewhat similar to that. Um, and uh, you just finished yeah. it. Um, I finished it about probably three or four months ago. Um, but now I'm on like the second draft of it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm sure nothing will happen with it. I'm um, I'm very optimistic. <laughs> Glad I spent a year doing it. <laughs> really made sense. Well, what are some of the other movies like? that are those sort of character studies. Well, I love flawed characters. It began as a kid for me because I was totally uh, like not liked in high school and things like that. So, um, so starting with like George Costanza as a kid and I actually am wearing, this is embarrassing, but I'm wearing a necklace that says Costanza Um, because I'm, (laughs) I'm so in love with flawed characters who are, are truly, uh, like just them, you know, themselves. Uh, so, as I got older, obviously my tastes, you know, evolved a little bit. But uh, one movie that I love um, is Barney's version with Paul Giamatti. Uh, if you haven't seen, it, I really I loved it. It was um, it was a, a book first, and then uh, and then uh, adapted into a screenplay. And it came out probably two thousand ten. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, I was gonna say three years ago, but yeah, oh my god, five years ago at this point. Um, but basically, he plays this guy who is just super flawed. He leaves his first wife because he falls in love with this girl um, who's played by um, Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike and Dustin Hoffman's in it. Yeah, it's a it's a good cast. It was super underrated. I felt like, and basically, he's just a total. Can I say the f word? Yeah, you can. He's a total yes. fuck up. <laughs> he fucks up everything. He fucks up his first marriage, his second marriage, his friendships, and he's super narcissistic and and can't seem to make the right decisions. And he isolates everyone around him, or he isolates himself from everyone around him, um, and uh, ends up ending in kind of a sad way so i i really like things that are realistic that are i don't i'm not really into sci-fi and things because i i like to relate you like your movies grounded i like them very like grounded hot pursuit <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly grounded in reality <laughs> down to earth down to earth for sure mm-hmm. now what are some of your favorite like dramas um i loved inglorious inglorious bastards is definitely my all-time favorite movie mm-hmm. of all time um uh, I don't know. Again, if, not grounded or yes, yeah, yeah, all. not at all. Right, <laughs> things I do and say don't really align all the time. <laughs> Here I am talking about just being who you are, and I'm like all over the place. <laughs> oh God, I hate myself. Um, <laughs> but I did. I loved Inglorious Bastards. Um, I loved how uh, you know. I mean, you can't even really talk about. That. I love Quentin Tarantino movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about a movie like Sideways? I loved Sideways. It was a little slow for me, mm-hmm. um, 
But again, I love that flawed character, and I love Paul Giamatti because it's like he is that. He's so he's guy playing those kind of guys. He's that guy. Just the little scenes too when he gets so worked up over Merlot. I'm not drinking Merlot. I'm yeah. not drinking. But you Merlot. understand him. Yeah, yeah. yeah you totally you understand do. Like, why he feels, feels that way. You, yes, like, uh, there's a guy that's that wound up about it. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. I actually I read um, there's stuff I'm that wound up about. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's Merlot. <laughs> well, I read I read this the um, sideways screenplay when I was writing mine um, because I really wanted to kind of mirror that just that person just who's struggling mm-hmm. and people. It's small little things that in the big scheme of the world aren't. They're all very minute and not in not really going to make a difference in in our world at all. So I I like when we get really nitty gritty with characters and I just felt like his character had all these things that he was caught up on because he was kind of narcissistic in a way, but you understood why and you understood where he was coming from and it feel justified. It feels justified. Um, because I have had a few people read my, my screenplay and I've gotten really good feedback. One main, I think complaint in the script seems like she doesn't seem justified or not justified. She doesn't seem, um, she doesn't seem to have a reason to complain, you know, in the script. Like she's mm-hmm. an attractive enough girl who's got like a nice enough place to live. And, you know, like the world isn't ending. And so I think some people won't get on her side. I try to make her pretty sympathetic and everything. But um, I like when you can get on the side of someone who doesn't have the world's biggest problems, but you can understand why and where they're coming from. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that's really human because I think people like to pretend they're really maybe some people are really passionate about world problems but i like i like people who just admit that we're all self-involved and it's okay to kind of get down on yourself sometimes so you know it's kind of like well they're starving people in china it's like well who cares about them let's talk about me that's kind of (laughs) that's how i i don't know i like characters like that that are just Mm -hmm. real and honest american American, <laughs> very American. That's why I liked Hot Pursuit. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's go into. So, what's before we go into the DVDs? What? So, obviously, you're just going to maybe take another pass at the script and then start shopping it around. Yeah, or? I mean, I've I've tried try to make it yourself. I I would. I actually, this woman who read it, um, she's worked in studios and everything, and I really trust her opinion. And she said, um, no matter what, you should make this. You know, if no one buys it, still make right. it because it's a it's who it's who I am to the core in terms of my my comedy, my my sense of humor, mm-hmm. my writing style, my the way I see the world. Um, and so it'd be a great thing for me to put out there just be like, hey, here I am. Right. Yeah. So right. if I could the thing is, I get so overwhelmed and I don't know how you would start to make a movie. Like I, like I said, inferiority complex. It's instantly, it's like it's funny because I wrote a screenplay about someone getting over it, and ironically, that's what's going to keep me from trying to make the movie. <laughs> and that's why you should make it exactly, so that I can actually win. You know, because mm-hmm. in my screenplay, I win, but I really want to win. Well, if you, you know, make, if, you, if you make the movie, then you will have overcome all that. Yes, and I won't be at this podcast. Ever. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Please invite me back. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, let's go into DVDs. And we already teased it a little bit. Mordecai, and I'm going to assume you haven't seen Mordecai. I have not. No, I don't uh, know anyone who has. It's um, <laughs> honestly, 
Even on a plane. I, I, if I now after listening to Kristen, I'd rather watch Hot Pursuit than Mordecai. Right. Yeah. If I'm on a plane and the, yeah. both of these movies are going to be on a plane, I'm going to be on. What I'm, was Mordecai again? Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> it was Robert. What's his? It, it was the Johnny Depp. Uh, oh. The stupid oh. mustache. Yes. 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 That's the one. That's right? one where it's you see the billboards or the ads. Yeah. It you just cringe. Yeah. 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 Like, oh. yeah. No. But nobody. How does this happen? Nobody watched it and came back with your reaction like you did with Hot Pursuit. <laughs> Actually. Mordecai. Yeah. They, actually, Mainly if they because, did, they've been beheaded, I think. Yeah. They've been actually just taken out of society. Maybe nobody watched it. Literally. Like, there was, you know, no one oh, except yeah. re- movie reviewers who were paid to go see it. It, it, it tanked completely. Um, even Johnny Depp fans uh, were hard pressed to, like, yeah. mm, you know, I, I skipped this one. It's just. I what, sat through Lone Ranger. Was, what, I'm done. I mean, literally, yeah. we've done Lone Ranger. We've done Mordecai. Like, he didn't oh. he do another movie that was supposed to oh, become no, somewhat done, funny uh, recently. I also watched uh, Dark Shadows. I sat through that oh. as well. It was uh, now his new movie looks amazing. Which one is uh, the, the Whitey Bulger? Uh, right, uh, because movie. that not that's. Let's go back to what yeah. Johnny Depp does. Yeah. Good actor. He yeah, does like, the character stories. Right. Yep. Stop. Whoever the fuck is telling him he's a comedian should stop. Yeah, yeah he like, stop. Like the Donnie, I'm like, oh, maybe I get another Donnie Brasco or yes, something like yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. That guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Wacky outfits and hats. Right. No more. No right. more avoid no more crazy accents. I don't yeah. I don't want to hear or hats. No or bird ha- hats. No bird hats. <laughs> I don't want any mustaches. Yeah. Wigs. I wanted I want I really liked him in public enemies. I think that was not like a Again, that was that was him like playing a like a character. Yeah, playing a guy yeah. rooted in his in reality. Like his quirky stuff that before he was like full on, you know, in comedy mode like Crybaby, you know, movies like that. You're just really yeah. fun to watch. So, uh Mordecai, like, you know, we say this before, if you're going to go see it, there's nothing we're going to say to stop you. So, uh, good luck. Uh, Still Alice, we talked about this uh, in... Really good movie. Oh, I... uh, did you see it? In uh, We talked about this ad nauseum pretty much. We even did a spoiler app on Still I'm... Okay. I'm still having post-traumatic stress from that movie because I'm convinced I have Alzheimer's. (laughs) I keep forgetting words. I keep... I don't forget, like, where I'm going. (laughs) It's not that extreme. But I almost got in my head where I saw the movie and... Maybe the next day I couldn't think of a word. And then it became like a self-fulfilling prophecy where now I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to think of this word. And then I can't think of it. you remember that part in the movie where I said, I'm going to tell you an address and ask you about it? And like then I couldn't remember the address. Yes, like, yes. That <laughs> like, kind of oh stuff. Very paranoid about that. Mm-hmm. And I have this like gas card that I – or this PIN number that I use. And it's like every time I use it, you know, I, I get the number right. But if the card doesn't work, I'm like, no, I definitely got the number wrong. But this is it. Still Alice. This is still Alice. I really have not gotten over that movie. And then, uh, Which is a testament to how good of her performance it was. Yeah. yeah I mean, basically yeah. What, what we had is an amazing performance in a mediocre film. Yeah. The that, rest that's of pretty the much what was, happened. Was, yes. But, um, but it's if, uh, anyone out there who hasn't seen it. It's worth watching solely for um, Julianne Moore's Julianne performance. Moore's I watch for the mediocrity, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. yeah. You just eat the pizza crust. Yeah. 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 I mess with all that stuff in the middle. Why, why do you need the good stuff? Yeah. Come on, get out of here. That's, yeah, that's for other people, um, not for me. Uh, Black so, Hat, this is one of those crazy movies that... If you want to see Thor be a hacker, is one of those watch movies where Black I was like, Hat. how did I not see this on the road? Right, how this is, is this a, not on an airplane? This is actually, I, I'm amazed I wasn't on the road, bored out of my skull, and went, well, Black Hat's playing at 2 o'clock. I wonder, well. too, mm-hmm. it's like because, you know, Chris Hemsworth is so busy with all the Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. and you want, I'm like, well, you know, he's, he's still got time to do these other movies, and 
you think too, like, oh, this is the one he picked. You know, mm. you could kind of, you kind of have your choice of a lot of stuff at this point. So, if I heard the title "Black Hat," I would say no. It's like, eh, not, not even a western. Yeah, there's, well, right. there was a Black Hat that came out in 2011 that was a Western. Uh, yeah. But this is the hacker <laughs> one. Yeah, this, I was, this isn't, I wanted this isn't to, that one. I wanted to see it only because I was like... On a plane. <laughs> yeah, Deeply uh, depressed. I just bummed yeah. <laughs> out. Oh, Black Hat, it's one word. Um, yeah, just because I was like, it seemed sort of... Past the timing. Past the yeah, time, like intrigue. Yeah, a good rental, that kind of thing. Global, like, oh, right. oh, he's going to... I'm crash the laundry. World. Yeah. This is well, that kind of movie. I'll pop this on in the background. He's dreamy. Exactly. You know, I'll watch him. Uh, of course. Yeah. Crack into some computers. One day. Yeah. He's too good looking to crack into computers, though. That's yeah. the problem. There's no computer hacker that has the time for that physique. No. Yeah. <laughs> There's no. No. Why would you at, cast at him? The computer the whole time. Again, that's right. perfect role for Paul Giamatti. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> that so, guy, bald, he's so hacking. And now, that's to it. prove us wrong, if you or you know a computer hacker who has a team of stylists <laughs> yeah, and, and, a personal and a personal trainer, yeah. let us know yeah. that we're wrong. Show me. If any of you are our. Professional fighter, athlete, program hackers, yeah. send us your photo and post it to the Comedy Film Nerds Facebook page. Yeah, along with your um, Ruby on Rails certification. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I want to see that this exists. So now, oh, premiering this week, I cannot wait for this film, Mad Max Fury Road. I thought you were going to say Pitch Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, from the director of Happy Pitch, please. Comes, uh, <laughs> I love how they're using that pun all over the place. Oh, Mad Max. Pitch, please. And, and I got to say, I think when this movie's been, they've been trying to make this movie for a long time. George Miller's been trying for uh, many years. And here's the interesting thing about it. I really think this was that kind of movie that kind of had a lot of stuff going against it. Like, first of all, you know, Mel Gibson is iconic in this role. He's not in it. Um, remakes are always hit and miss. And, like, this kind of was a product of its, time, of its time. Would it be interesting again? And I have to say, I think it jumped every single one of those hurdles, and I cannot wait to see this movie. It looks unbelievably cool. You know what it looks like? Almost like a uh, post-apocalyptic Black Hawk Down, where it's literally, like, an hour-and-a-half crazy car chase. I, that's my fear of it. I read an article about it in Entertainment Weekly, and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, it's got a... 90 minute or two hour car chase and right that makes me go <laughs> you think it's that's not going to be enough to hang the movie well on. because the original one and again you george miller's one from 79 i mean it's a completely different thing that thing was made for 10 bucks or whatever you know right. what i mean like so and man max was a cop too he was a cop society was starting to crumble right. This more seems like they're picking it up right in, in the Road Warrior where everything had already kind of fallen right. apart. Everyone's already fighting over water. And but, but there is, and Mad Max and the Road Warrior, he is that flawed character that Kristen and you talked about who has to do the, doesn't want to do the right thing. He's just out there for himself and then has to kind of be the hero because the world is so horrible and he's kind of like, there's still some moral compass inside of him. And if all I'm doing is watching car chases and things blow up for two hours, like where am I? Where is that going to happen? That's right. my that's my concern with mm -hmm. this because I've, I, I I am really hoping that you will be proved wrong in this movie. I'm hoping so that George I. Miller figured out a way to do both. Like uh, there's those compelling character moments; they just maybe ha be happening in a speeding car, or uh, mm -hmm. or if there's ways that um, that character development in those arcs are 
are um, compelling and not kind of thrown in like what you're talking about, where the action is um, takes center stage. But I'm looking at it. I'm looking at these characters. I'm looking at the way the movie's put together. I am very optimistic that this is going to be a All really right. fun. What do you ride. think, Kristen? Uh, I I haven't seen the first one, um, which is maybe. Uh, doesn't give me any street cred. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking for the street cred. Um, you boldly came in here and said hot pursuit. Yeah. Work it. This Hashtag movie, work I mean, it. The road so. just to know, it's a post-apocalyptic hot pursuit. <laughs> yes. yes. Then I would yeah. love to see it. <laughs> With a Paul Giamatti type flawed yeah. guy. Yeah. But but in a Sandra or a Sofia Vergara body. Yeah. You know, right. like I want yes. that. <laughs> um, well, just seeing the trailer, I've seen the trailer a bunch of times from going to the movies and all I all I think of when I see that trailer is movement. Like you're saying that two hour car chase. All I'm seeing is like speed, wind blowing and mm-hmm. you know, what's her name's hair and that's it. That's all that my brain thinks when I Adrenaline. think of it. Yeah, kind of like say, a, what's your name's hair? You mean Tom Hardy? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> he is the her part specifically. She is delightful. Yeah. <laughs> but th- th- I mean, like you tell me, Tom Hardy. When I first heard Tom Hardy's in, I'm like, great. I love Tom Hardy. Charlize yeah. Theron. I think right. I'm great. Bald. Uh, great. Theron. But I'm already exhausted knowing that I got to sit through two hours of like. Yeah, I'm yeah. already like. Ugh. You already did that with Fast and the Furious. There was moments though. There was breaks. There were they they always talking about family. There were breaks in the car. <laughs> you know like, I mean? actually, that's true. There might be a lot of family talk. <laughs> it's yeah. like that's the thing. I I just the, right, well, we'll, we'll, we're gonna the action out. sequences yeah. here. Well, that's a great example. The action sequences in, in Fast and Furious aren't nonstop. They put stuff in there, and you need those breaks to make the action. There's sequence. no question. You have to be. It can't be a two-hour car chase. So. I don't know. It looks like it's so far the rev- the critics are enjoying it, right? I think it has good reviews so far. Yeah. So maybe I'm... It's got 9.2 on IMDb and 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Those are good numbers. They Those are, are very indeed. good numbers. So, I think we right. might be doing a spoiler app for this. We will indeed. Who are we going to have for the spoiler Oh, app? I'm not going to say their name because yeah. what if they cancel? <laughs> yeah. That is a wise play. Yeah, that's a wise, wise play. play if they don't make it. It's Johnny Depp. Yeah. It's going to be the Mad Max spoiler app. Yep. And if he cancels, we got a backup. Yeah, we might be, um, we might be you know, hiring a babysitter two weekends in a row we saw avengers and now i think uh, my wife wants to see mad max too wow. we're going we're going uh uh because otherwise i'll see it at dad time which is friday you know, at 9 a.m 9 a.m on friday oh. <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna up. like oh i gotta go see this on the giant imax at the chinese mm-hmm. or whatever arc i don't know i don't know i don't i don't know i can't get that fired up for this film you know what movie, and I don't want to just bring up random movies um, because I know you guys have a very good outline. Um, but <laughs> go ahead. I brought up Good Morning Vietnam <laughs> yeah. in relation to the World War One. What did you guys think of uh, Kingsman? Did you see that? Oh, we talked oh, about that. Yeah, yeah. That Kingsman was another movie where we both thought this is going to be cool and then got really dumb and weird. And oh, I liked it. You know, everyone's split. It. this movie. Yeah, I really people. liked it. We had yeah. so many fans write in, absolutely going, love it. Who just yeah. completely disagreed with us? Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved it, and I don't. I don't usually like those types of movies, and I just thought it was really entertaining when you just kind of break it all down. It just seemed entertaining. Where do you think it went off the rails or jumped the shark a little bit? Oh, Kingsman second half. Yeah, the second half. Second it half, got yeah. too. Um, God, I'm trying to remember now that movie it got weird and crazy yeah it got just... weird and weird and crazy when it started out just as this cool secret society 
I was really down with that. And then it just it's, got, and then, you know, weird accents and just kind of dumb scenes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I almost like didn't go see it because of the accents. It's yeah. so hard to understand that. Right. Like Cackney accent. Is co- Cockney? Shit. <laughs> Cockney. Oh my God. Not Cockney. 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 I was thinking more Samuel Jackson's Cackney. accent. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that That's was the true. one that was, was really annoying. Well, that was a lisp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I just haven't talked to anyone about that movie, and, well, I, and I really liked it. And I'm like, what do people think about this movie? People, people split. It really, yeah. it really split on it. Everyone. In fact, I was surprised. Like when I didn't like it, I'm like, you know what? I think Graham might like this movie. And then Graham was like, yeah, well, if you, I, I like those movies, I'm probably gonna like. It. And then Graham came back and Hated you were it. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was surprised uh, when I just saw. I'm obsessed with Rotten Tomatoes, but I was surprised when I saw it had a little bit of a lower rating. I was like, what? Well, a bu- it was, like, like I said, a bunch of our fans posted on Twitter and Facebook and stuff that they liked it and why they liked it. Yeah. Um, and they liked that filmmaker and they liked the, the comic, I believe it was, it was based yep. on. So they, mm-hmm. yeah, what, what, I, I think, well, you have good fans, good, we do smart have, fans. We have smart we fans. We do indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> even if we're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. And the other movie, Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect 2. Perfect 2, yep. All right. You know, for all the unanswered questions, perfect one. Uh, this feels like the kind of movie. If you like the first one, you're just gonna. Go you're gonna. See you're on board. It doesn't you're matter like, what anyone you says. Know, you like. Um, you like acapella singing, and I, I will say there was a couple things in the trailer that made me laugh when they're talking about um, competing in the international competition and says no American has ever won because the whole world hates us. <laughs> yes. There's like some funny scenes like that in there. And then there's a big cheer erupts. Yeah, yeah we hate you. <laughs> well, the first thing, you know, the first movie when I, when I saw the trailer, whatever, the trailer or poster for the first Pitch Perfect, I was like, oh God, whatever. Then I actually, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen clips of it on TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, actually this movie kind of has a sense of humor and kind of spoofs that world a little bit. Not a full-on parody, but they do... Poke fun a little they at themselves. poke fun. Like, they, they like it. They like acapella singing, but also know that it's ridiculous yeah, and they can make they fun it. of it. So that, to me, and right. that's what I hear from the trailer, the second mm-hmm. trailer, too, that I think it could be could be decent. So All right. So you now you, you, uh, you have quite a choice this weekend. Mad Max <laughs> or Pitch Perfect 2. That was actually really good programming because chances are you're going to see one or the other. The thing that was interesting was that... Mad Max feels like a movie that should be later in the summer. Like, we just had Avengers. People are still going to see Avengers. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not sure, but uh, it was one of those movies that when it was being made, there maybe not have been a ton of confidence in it. Like, it was like the first Hunger Games. They didn't, the studio didn't know what they had. I think this is going to be a huge movie. I really do. People are excited to see it. It's getting good first buzz. And um the trailers have been amazing so i i think this movie's going to do very very well and exceed expectations yeah oh i was gonna say looking at the two movies coming out this weekend to me it just screams teenagers at the theater don't go teenagers at the theater don't go (laughs) they're really annoying don't go (laughs) i have like an issue with people talking at the movies and so like when i know there's teenagers usually i'll go to the landmark and there's not that many but right or you go you go like Monday afternoon or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Mo- Monday nights to see Hot Pursuit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, I, you know, I, I'm curious to this release date too because next weekend is Tomorrowland. Yes. Um, which that makes sense to me. I We already have tickets. <laughs> the kids are like really excited. I'm sure. Dad alert, dad alert. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, and we got the um, uh, El Capitan tickets too oh. we're gonna go we're gonna make the whole, the whole day pretty much is you go down there's a magic show uh, a live organ player 
and then you get like an actual Disneyland pin, and then you um, you watch the movie. So oh, how they're, cute. they're really excited. All right. Luxuries of being a kid in L.A. I, I mean, know. I grew it's up like in like upstate New York. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing like oh, that. Oh, are no. you kidding me? Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, this is the, the fun stuff you can do here is ridiculous. Yeah, so it's, but I, I'm really looking forward to this We got in a van and movie. drove to Kansas City to like be with the friends. Right, like, right. That was our big trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We never went to Disneyland or any of that stuff. I think partially because my dad was a college professor and was like, wow, there's no educational value. <laughs> yeah, but he was a theater professor. You can learn what not to do. That's always. German theater history. <laughs> Is that what your father was yeah, a professor? Yeah, German theater history. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Let's go. Do, do they have a Bertolt Brecht ride at the? Uh... Like, how do you narrow it down to those three oh, things? Oh God, I don't know. How can you find something just so <laughs> serious? You would have to go to an amusement park in Germany yeah. for it to even count. Come on, kids, you want to go see Goethe? <laughs> no, no, that was my German accent. That's great. Got no. it spot on. <laughs> thank you. Close my eyes. I was back in Munich. <laughs> thank you. I was thank back you. When I lived in Munich. Thank for you. A year. Thank you. Um, all Nine, right. no miles. No snow miles. <laughs> it's, it's more of a camp, yeah. internment camp type of a Disney experience. No, this is no joke. No joke. When we lived in Munich for a year as a child, do you know what we visited? Dachau. What's Dachau? Uh, it's, a, it's an amusement park. It's <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. It, well, it was an amusement park for the Nazis. Yeah. It was, was a, it a concentration camp? It was a concentration camp. Oh, my God. Camp. Yeah. My dad took me. You visited that as we a kid? Went, uh, six years old. I was walking around Dachau. Oh, my God. You want to know why I'm the way I am? This is the way, because I saw a photo. We were walking around this camp, and I give my parents credit in the sense that, like, look, kids, we're not going to sugarcoat this world for you. Right. This is what happens. Wow. This is how human beings can treat each other. When you're so an get adult, ready. you can go to Disneyland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you're a kid, we're going to take you to a concentration camp. Dachau. The most formative years of your life. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's, that's I we mean, never went to we never went to amuse. We I remember when my parents got divorced, we went to my dad and we moved to Chicago. My dad was living in Wisconsin. He took my brother and I to uh, Six Flags, which is an amusement park. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did he have a scowl <laughs> on his face the whole time? <laughs> He's like, I'll bring you to Six 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 Flags. <laughs> we, love it. we had season tickets to Wisconsin Badger football games, mm-hmm. so that was fun. But the Badgers were horrible. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we went to Dachau and museums. The, but the whole year I lived in Germany. That's good though, because if you had like my parents who just loved like. I mean, I'm sure your parents loved you, but just loved me beyond belief. And it just made the crash of adulthood a lot harder. You know, like when you think like, oh, life's beautiful and lovely and like everyone loves you and everything's great. And then all of a sudden you turn like 20 and you no, don't have yeah, any I job. And I knew the whole world was awful and corrupt. No, and- yeah. <laughs> Well, you're I about knew the people were bad. Too too. Oh, God. But- they took me They took me to um, Amityville Horror. They took me to- It's amazing. Um, I remember go- going to see like, uh, any movie, all those movies about like any of those Dustin Hoffman, like Straight Time, these movies about corruption, and just the, and that was the cop shows that they let us watch mm-hmm. in the seventies. Were all about you know like Police Story and uh, shows like that. Kojak, <laughs> we're all just like, yeah, the city's up for grabs, you know, like Night Stalker. A, Night Stalker, yeah, was, that's what I. Watched. I'm actually kind of jealous of your childhood. <laughs> yeah if you like nightmares then, 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 then. no i watched oh my god I, I as a kid i was the most innocent thing and all i have now are nightmares just every single night nightmare 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 so, so a little hot so pursuit I think you give can, you a nightmare now 
I had one last night, so it probably did give me one. It's like these people are successful and you're not. Like nightmares. Like they did it. They're, they're working and you're not. Nightmares. The only way to get successful is to make hot pursuit. Yeah, that's a nightmare. One one thing I will say, if anyone goes and watches it, I think at the beginning Reese Witherspoon is so annoying. At the beginning, I was like, no, I'm not going to be able to handle this. But then she grows on you a little bit once All she gets right. out of that cop uniform because mm. it just looks so cartoony. But anyway, all right, fair enough. Bring it full circle. You have so. the most insane review of that. <laughs> It's the most schizophrenic <laughs> review I've ever heard. But yet I want it to all be itself, which so ten, is so ironic. So 10 minutes later, it might change. Yes. 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 <laughs> it will. For sure. <laughs> so, uh, site spotlight and fan feedback. One of the things I want to tell you guys, you guys had a lot of great responses to the um, Avengers spoiler app. But one of the things that I found interesting is a lot of you guys... Um, posited a lot of theories on like what the Marvel Cinematic Universe will do next, like how they're going to mm-hmm. incorporate the Infinity War and Guardians of the Galaxy. And I will say some of you were putting that on Twitter on like five to six uh, tweets in a row. Yeah, it's uh, hard do, to follow. Yeah, but do that on the message board. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, we can actually you read can them. actually type a paragraph. And also the other uh, fans can actually read what, what you think is going to happen into the, um, uh, into the universe, which mm-hmm. is cool because we've got a lot of stuff coming up. You know, we've got everything from... You know, the uh, Civil War, Captain America Civil War, we've got the Infinity War, that's which is going to be a two-part Avengers. And we also have, like, more Thor movie. There's another Thor movie coming out. So, yeah, put all your theories on how do you think all this is going to tie together and how they're going to wrap it up. Because they're really fascinating and interesting because somebody's going to be right. You know, yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah, everybody, yeah. everything that you guys are writing, you know, you're, you're going to – some of you are going to be right. All right, and then let's read. We got this very cool yes. uh, email from uh, Stephen Cunningham. Uh, hey, guys, let me start with a little backstory. I recently got married, and we got back from our honeymoon in Quintana Roo, Mexico. We stayed in an all-inclusive resort. Oh, whatever. Brag. Um, <laughs> right on the beach. Sounds great, right? Uh, I missed my movies too much. Well, you've... If you're on a nice resort, you shouldn't be missing movies, Stephen. This first of all, unless I, you live there, yeah, you live on. The I resort. love movies clearly, and when I'm on a nice beach resort, I'm only thinking about surfing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So one night, and apocalypse now, and apocalypse, <laughs> apocalypse now, <laughs> exactly of water skiing through uh, the Viet Cong held area. Um. So uh, one night we see on our activities page that they're having a movie and popcorn night. All right, sure, we'll check out what's playing. So we ask the concierge who informs us it's called Beyond the Reach and shows us the box art. Apparently this movie came out last year, 2014. I missed it completely. Not sure if you guys saw it. Didn't, nope, didn't see it. Didn't know it existed, Stephen. Uh, but I don't remember you talking about it. So I decided, hell, we've got nothing else to do other than hang out at a nice all-inclusive resort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, were you checking your internet when yeah. you were there? What are you guys doing? Um, uh, I don't remember. So we said, hell, we've got nothing else to do. Let's go to this movie blind. Let's not look at the IMDb at all mm-hmm. and just watch the film. All of a sudden, Michael Douglas is on screen. I'm like, all right, let's see where this goes. We love the film. Critics were lukewarm about it on IMDb, and this certainly isn't a movie I, uh, I would have seeked out, but I'm glad we saw it. The kid who played against Douglas had to go through some tough shit in this film. Uh, Plus, it is a very satisfying ending. I recommend going into this movie with an open mind. Read the line on IMDb, but that's it. Don't watch a trailer or read any reviews. I think it'll be worth your time. 
All right. That's cool. You know what? That's honestly, Stephen. He goes, thanks for all the info. You guys rock. Stephen, you rock, even though you should be having more fun on your honeymoon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. His wife's like, uh, divorce, please. <laughs> All-inclusive resort. Yeah. All-inclusive resort. Yeah, let's go to the movies. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I, I, that, 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 that's really cool. And I think that is a good point of, of I have done that on occasion, just like, I don't know anything about this yeah. and go in. And it is kind of a cool experience mm-hmm. because you are then completely like we've talked several of the movies we talked about today, uh, hot pursuit and right. water diviner. We both had these heavy preconceived notions going in that were completely altered. Um, it's great too. When that happens, when you go in and you find a movie that's really good. I remember that happened to me with King's speech. I literally knew nothing about it. It just lined up with the time I had to go see a movie uh-huh. at that time, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I didn't know anything about it beforehand. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a cool thing. That's a cool recommendation. So, uh, thank you, Stephen. Um, well, I think that's it. Yeah, we have uh, one very cool announcement about oh, LA Podfest. We've yes. added another rather large show who has never they have never been in the festival before, but we added Thrilling Adventure Hour Hello. to LA Podfest this year. And They're going to be doing a very kind of cool, unique, kind of different show and stuff, but with the yes. same cast. It's going to be... Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. I was talking to Ben uh, Blacker about it the other day. So they're actually now on some crazy tour through like New Zealand and Australia, Australia. Yeah, yeah. which is awesome. So, uh, you know, LAPodfest.com, guys, September mm-hmm. 18th through the 20th. Um, and then, uh, all right, Kristen, where can people find your podcast, you online, the internets, the Twitters? Uh, well, how mo- can they most... cheer you up? Oh. <laughs> um, how give, can they help with your nightmares? Give me money and um, positive feedback about who I am as a human being. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, at uh, Kristen Carney. Um, mostly uh, hilariously negative things on there. And then um, my podcast, the Ask Women podcast on Sideshow Network. You can download anywhere. And all the things, awesome. all the things you can download it on. Well, guys, we will. Yeah, we're as we do every week. We'll post, um, it, you know, Kristen's Twitter on in our post for the show, mm-hmm. so you can follow her that way and uh, check out some cool stuff at Sideshow Network. We've worked with them uh, a bunch. Yes, and they're going to be involved with the festival this year as, as well, as always. Mm-hmm. And Sean Merrick, of course, who used to be our intern, he's now a producer. He's now over a producer there. over there, mm. so also be an earbuds. Mm. Yeah, he started in this very garage. Wow. Uh, yep. Well, now and I've got some dirt on him. Not that this is a bad place to start. <laughs> Again, don't insult the podcast host next time you come. Well, he's moved on. We haven't. Yeah, so, that's yeah. a- so he's someone you want to talk to. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, um, yeah. We're lower tier guys. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Oh, I want to say this. I just added uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm going to be headlining the Comedy Corner Underground June 19th and the 20th. Uh, so I just put those. That link is on my uh, website, GrahamElwood.com. Uh, and my Facebook fan page, and that'll be with Andy Erickson, who's very funny. So it's only three shows, one Friday, two Saturday, uh, June 19th and 20th. Uh, it's a small little venue, so tickets are going to go quick. Um, so come on down. It's only 15 bucks. There's no drink minimum or anything like that. So it'll be a, it'll be a really cool show. And um, then I will be in Vegas in July and Tahoe in August. So those Bragger. Are, hello. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll be in Vegas in July, so it'll be 148. Nice. You Come. won't be able to go outside. I will not go Now, outside. the end of July, we should mention, too, we're going to be part of podcast movement in um, in Texas. Mm-hmm. So we haven't. it hasn't been officially announced yet. We don't know what panels and stuff we're doing, but we're also um, working on getting a show together, too, that Friday night. 
at a podcast movement. Yeah, that's so we'll around be, July 31st, yes, August 1st. Yes, we'll be talking to you guys more about that as we get closer. It's like, oh, I'm having a podcast movement. Sounds like it. It's gross. Yeah, my Vegas dates are July 14th through the 19th and Tahoe, August 19th through the 23rd. So check all those dates out, guys. Thanks for listening. Obviously, um, Support the store. We really appreciate it. Following us on Twitter and Facebook. All those things mm-hmm. are stuff you can do for free that really helps out the show. Yes, good reviews on iTunes. That always helps. And stuff. And then, as we said, spend 20 bucks uh, once a year with us. If everybody did that, we would be out of this garage. We would be. God, we'd be in such We'd a, be in a bigger garage. A bigger, so like easy a to two, do, people. Come two, on. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Don't be a cheap <laughs> asshole. Seriously. Everything can't be free. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, don't look at me, but you guys should totally <laughs> donate the $20. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much uh, to our guest, Kristen Carney. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot first. first.